Hey everyone, all of us here at Through the Winters are so proud of our son Joseph, who just came out with his first single, Realize. You can look him up on Amazon or on iTunes, look up Joseph Baez, Realize, and download his song. We know you'll enjoy it. I'm Rachel and welcome to my mom and dad's podcast episode 5. Today my dad is going to be going over his Motivational Monday questions. Quote. Quote. And his Worship Wednesday questions. There you go. Um, and then he's going to be interviewing my mom about the five stages of grief and loss. So yeah, I'm going to hand it over to my dad and I'm going to get a cookie. Let's get started. Are we done? Did I do it? <laughs> All right, everyone, we want to make sure that you know how to connect with us here at Through the Winters Ministry, and you can do that by going to throughthewinters.com. Again, throughthewinters.com. There, you'll be able to find out any information you want to know about Through the Winters Ministry. You can read our articles, both old and new. You even have an opportunity to sign up for our monthly newsletter. Guys, you can also find us on Facebook. Just type in Through the Winters Ministry on the search engine, and it'll take you right to our page. We hope you enjoy our ministry just as much as we enjoy serving you. God bless you all. Okay, everyone, we have a bunch in store for you today, but first we're going to go through our Motivational Monday quote, and that is, there is never a time to stop growing. If you can still breathe, then there's something to learn. Listen, it's a quote that I live by. It's something I really believe in. Um, There are those mornings where I don't feel like getting up. I don't want to really do much. But I try my best and make sure that I'm not going to let each day go by wastefully. And so even if it's reading something, whether it's my own personal devotion in scripture or just another book that I pick up, just to read maybe a chapter of something, something that's going to help teach me, help me grow, give me something new to think about, help me learn. I make sure I try to at least squeeze that in. And I encourage you to do that on a regular for yourself also. As long as there's breath in your lungs, then that means there's a purpose for you. And you got to always know to say, you know what? What, what am I here for? What, what's something that I can do? What's something that I can challenge myself with? And so it may be a book. It may be a new hobby. How about maybe even a new trade or something to do on the side or um, volunteering somewhere? It, it's, it's, it sometimes can be a lot and it can be consuming. So I want us always to be wise on what we do and what we put our time into. But we can, t- we can each take out a few minutes of our day just to even relax and meditate on the things of God or get into a word or just take out a book and just, you know, relax our mind and help us learn something new. Really believe that. And as long as there's air in your lungs, especially if you're in that low, challenge yourself to do something new. Challenge yourself to look into something that that maybe even may benefit other people. Sometimes it's not always about us and making ourselves feel good. It's sometimes about us learning something or picking up an idea so that we can bless other people. I know, and I've told you guys this before, I can be in a rut, but when I do things for other people, 
it makes me feel better. It gives me a purpose. It gives me a motivation to keep on moving on. And I'm sure it'll do the same thing for you. So challenge yourself, friend, and I will talk to you soon. We're going to move right into our Worship Wednesday question. See you in a bit. All right, everybody, we're going to move into our Worship Wednesday question. And this week was a very simple one, I but I really do want to know the answer. What do you do for your morning routine? How does that work? What What, what is it that, that you do to get yourself going and get yourself focused on the day? Do you dedicate to God? Are you, you know, an early riser? So I asked that question and I've gotten a few answers. Uh, a number of those answers came through private on the side. I guess a lot of people just don't like their names mentioned, which is totally fine. Um, but for me, I'm going to tell you my... my Mine first, which is uh, kind of what I mentioned on the video, is it varies for me on what day it's going on. I actually have different schedules for different days because of what my days entail. Um, Tuesdays is more uh, getting things done, you know, on the computer and answering emails and all that kind of stuff. And so that's a different day than, say, my Wednesdays, which is a little bit more getting up earlier. And Thursdays, which has me doing different things because of the responsibilities I have in my church. And it's definitely different than my Sundays and so on and so on. So for each day, for me, it's always very, very different. But what I try to always get in there, whether it's super early in the morning or uh, a little later in the morning, but still, I it's a definite. I try to get in there in the morning. Is a time for devotion, uh, a time to at least read, you know, a chapter, and just get my mind focused on the things of God, and a, a quick time of prayer where I can just, you know, give God my day. I do a little journal, and for me, I like looking at my journal where I'll talk about the day before. So if it's Monday, I'm going to talk about Sunday. If it's Sunday, I'm going to talk about Saturday and so on. And um, I like doing that because uh, a year from now, and I've mentioned this before, you know, I want to see what I was doing or what happened this time last year, you know. So I like I like doing those kind of things just to remind myself where I'm at and, and, and it's just good memory exercise for me. But um, in so those that's my routine. I, I try to squeeze in a time for devotion, a time of prayer, and a little bit of journaling of just what I did the day before. And um, again, the time variance may happen a little different depending on the day. Uh, in one case, it may be at 6 o'clock in the morning. In another case, it may be at around 9 o'clock in the morning, depending on what my schedules are. But that's me. Anne-Marie, who happens to actually be one of my youth from way back when, and now she has children, so I'm old. But uh, <laughs> she says that her day starts off with making sure she gets her kids situated first, um, she gets them on the bus, gets them getting ready to go to school, and then she heads back home and she does her daily devotionals. And then she also has on Tuesday mornings, she goes to her church for uh, a Tuesday morning Bible study, which I think is really cool. Very proud of you, dear. Um, and so, yeah, so I, I know some people that are, that are like that. Some others may say like, you know, first thing I gotta do right when I wake up before anything happens, before the kids get up, you know, but that might not work for other people. And, uh, Amory is just making sure that she takes care of what she needs to take care of first because who knows, what if she has a great time in devotion, but now it's time to stop and she has to, you know, make breakfast for her kids, whatever the case may be. So she knows, let me do what I got to do, get everything out the way and no one else is in the house and I'll take care of this. Uh, I have also Amelia that she put down that she gets, her, it depends on what she does. Sometimes it's a time of coffee and she takes her coffee and she drinks Java with Jesus. She got some Jesus juice going on. Um, holy Java. Uh, and then she 
Other times, it's just her meditating. Uh, I like how she says she has her wake-up alarm. Her wake-up alarm, she varies it. And this season, it's to Mandiza's song, It's a Good Morning. Uh, my wife would play that sometimes to wake up our kids, uh, especially when school started. She's like, it's a good morning because they're about to get out the house. But uh, she wakes us up to worship music playing. Uh, she does different types of things, a devotion. Uh, she likes to pray for other people and uh, other needs, especially for those that she knows that are sick or not doing well. And she likes to just dedicate those times to give Jesus uh, you know, her time in her morning, despite whatever the day may hold, despite even what she's going through, despite maybe even sometimes if there's things going on that's just keeping her real busy, she makes sure that she gives God all the thanks. I also have some answers of people who message me on the side. And a lot of them are basic. We have one I give real props to that gets up really early in the morning before things uh, start getting away with the day. And I uh, think it's 530 in the morning, get up to do some devotion, exercise, give you props because I know I got to do that more exercise and a time of prayer. Very cool. So you, I, I'm guessing then you mix those kind of things together up where uh, while you're exercising, maybe you're praying also and uh, a time of just getting into the word. I have another person that says that the mornings are hard because of their schedule, but they try to do it in the evening times. I, I, I do that too. I, I do that. I've done that sometimes too, where, you know what, even in the evening times, just the time, if that's my time where I can finally relax and put everything, shut everything else down and whatever, and just uh, deprogram or, or, you know, and, and just process the day and all that kind of stuff. That's a really good time to do that kind of stuff too. So everybody has different things of what they do, but what they try to make sure is they, they least focus. Listen, if this is something that you've never done, whether you're a believer or not, um, I really do encourage you to take some time out before you get your day started or at the end of the day, if you can throw in both, even better, where you can just take time to just relax and chill. Let your mind depro- deprogram. Let it, let it just rest. And listen, I'm not talking about taking your phone and streaming something on Netflix or your favorite app or whatever the case may be. You may like to do that, and that may be a relaxing time, but your mind is still going. Your eyes are still focusing. I'm talking about a really kind of like a decompression, decompression kind of thing. Um, shut up the phone, shut up the TV, and just close your eyes and relax. Breathe a little bit. Think about your day. Let your mind work. Let your mind do some work to 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 keep it fresh, to keep it strong. Remember, your brain is a muscle, you know, and you got to exercise that muscle also too. That's the reason why I like doing the journaling of here's what I did the day before. And believe it or not, sometimes there are things like, oh, snap, wait, I forgot that I also did this and it's an important piece. But it's really important just to get the mind going, get, get your mind muscle working, you know, um, and just find ways to relax. Have a, a cup of tea, a cup of coffee, whatever the case may be that's going to help you do that, um, whether it's the morning, whether it's the evening. But I really encourage you to do something like that, to decompress. For those of you that, that are believers, I encourage you to use the word. Use the word of God um, as a form of decompress. Get your, read that those couple of verses, um, meditate on that, pray about what you just read, um, use time to pray for other people, to consider other people. Um, use that time also to say, you know what, what's something good I can do today? What's something or, or what's a way that I can maybe bless someone else? Find ways that you can just help yourself relax and get out of your day. It's a it's a very important thing. And so that's why I want to know. I wanted to know, you know, what people did and, and how they went about their days. I have another person um, who messaged me on the side and they said that what they do is they actually like to jot things down, write things down of what their day may have and plans that they have out for the day. 
way just because the day can get ahead of them and they know the certain things they gotta get done that's a pretty cool idea i like that because you you know sometimes your mind once you get going and once you get moving and kids or school or work whatever the case may be all of a sudden you say you know what and it's the end of the day and i didn't get to do this oh i was supposed to call this person or i was supposed to pay this bill or i was supposed to go pick up this from the grocery store so i like that one too i like i like the other one where it's jotting down uh, as best as i can remember my day of what it needs to get done uh, and making sure that I take some me time. I like that too, you know, so guys, you know, uh, I encourage you guys to do that. These are really helpful tips. These are really cool things. Uh, it's something I strongly believe in. And I think it'll help you in processing your day through the winters is here to help you guys figure out how to enjoy life and how to find ways that you can push past the, the craziness of your day. And this is definitely one of them. Take time out to just reprogram your day to plan out your day to do a time of devotion to um, have a time where your mind is being used for what it needs to be used for before you take on the the obstacles of the day and if you got to do it at the end of the day to deprogram then do that also but take out some time of the day that's for you to relax and find ways that you can even be a better person that you can bless other people all right god bless you guys we're gonna move on to a whole bunch of other stuff um something that stacy and i want to talk to you guys about for a while and so i hope you enjoy the rest of the podcast and we'll talk to you soon god bless God bless you, friends. On behalf of all of us here at Through the Winters Ministry, I want to say thank you for all the love and for all the support. Through the Winters is here because we want to help people find purpose in their pain, help them find healing from their past, and and give them a drive to keep on pursuing God in all things. If you'd like to help support us, there's two ways you can go about that. The first is through these podcasts. If you listen to us through Google or Spotify or iTunes, on our page in the About section on the last sentence, You'll find a link that'll send you to a website where you can sponsor us for either $1, $5, or $10 a month. If you listen to us through a podcast app, there should be a little icon that says support or sponsor. Click on that, and again, it will take you to a spot where you can support us for either $1, $5, or $10 a month. The second way that you guys can support us is by inviting us to your church. We here at Through the Winters have had experience speaking to men's groups, women's groups, youth groups. We've done Sunday morning services. We've helped out in workshops and conferences. Any way that we can help your church, we want to be there. Just give us a call at 718-679-5356. That number again is 718-679-5356. Guys, once again, thank you for the love. Thank you for the support. Any way that we can help you, just give us a call. God bless. Hey, welcome back, everyone. I'm going to interview Marsha right now, and we're going to talk about pretty much what our whole month has been about in our articles and our theme in the topic of loss and grief. Now, Marsha, when we talk about loss and grief, uh, psychologists have something called the five stages. It's the five stages of grief. The five stages of grief, of grief and loss. Okay, so uh, what would be a sign because we also we all go through grief and loss in different ways um what typically would be uh the first sign one would see when it comes to experiencing loss and grief that that us on the outside should be aware of 
when someone has lost anything of substance, whether it be a person or uh, health, uh, job, anything like that, mm-hmm. there are a few things that you may see on the outside but may not pick up if the person isn't open. So the first thing is denial. You know, like, you know that that moment when you see on TV where the police officer comes to the woman at the door and she's in denial. You, like, you know, no, want, yeah, I don't want to accept what, 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 what I'm about to hear. Or yeah, I don't want to like hear it. I don't want to hear it. It's not possible. We go through this moment of denial, like this can't be true. It could have been someone else or that maybe it's possible that uh, there there's some other way to all of this could there sometimes be a way where the denial is justified like say it's um someone losing a job that they worked really hard at and they feel like they really didn't deserve to be fired um and and so the denial comes in like like, i know i don't deserve this but can sometimes the denial be justified or denial is not is not in the sense of no i shouldn't have been fired denial is i can't believe this is happening this can't be happening. So it's not it's, being able to accept a truth right. that has been presented to you. Right. That's is, uh, that's right. what we're talking about. Right. Time. It's not. It's not that you're capable of rationalizing, or you're not capable of. Or you can fight fight your case, kind right. of thing. Right. It's not a fighting a case. You. Have it's a truth, truth that's said. It's truth. It's you're getting you're you have cancer. Yeah. So you can't get yourself out of it or maybe it was this or maybe no it's this is the truth and then your mind starts to deny no I, no it can't be mean you know people like me don't get these kind of things and gotcha. you know um those kind of denials um those are the things that you look for and so this is the first stage the first stage okay so this is the first stage and is there something that comes along with this so or is it just that the first stage is denial of what is already truth or what is already first stage is denial of truth and then the second stage is, is anger you you really wouldn't think that anger is uh, a part of it but it's true that there are people who are angry they may be angry at the boss for firing them they're angry at the doctor for not picking up the sign of the cancer they're angry at the person who left them who who's passed away there's a sense of even anger towards yourself because maybe you start to question how you could have done something to get yourself out of it. Would you say that it's kind of like um, a battle within the mind kind of thing? Like, all right, first I'm, this can't be true. This can't be true, and 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 I I can't accept this. And as I guess something in your mind starts to say, this is the real deal. Now the emotion kicks in to me not wanting to accept what is actually happening or what's been presented in front of me? Well, one of the things you have to remember is that anger is a twin to love. So if you love something a lot, even if it's gone, and now it's gone, anger comes up. And love and anger can sometimes look the same because it's very intense, it's very possessive. So when uh when you have love for something very passionately a marriage a child a relationship a friendship and then it's taken away from you huh. anger has to almost come up you're expecting it it's yeah. you don't know when it's going to or who it's going to be towards but yes that's what happens yeah, I, I can see anger playing a part in 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 loss of something i can I, 
and the role that it plays. But okay, so didn't want to deal with the truth or face the truth. Right. Become angry. Yes. My guess is the third one would now be some kind of emotion that follows, correct? Well, actually, it's bargaining. It's a way of trying to get it back. Gotcha. So, uh, you know, you how many times do you hear of a, a parent who has a child that is sick and you, you hear them go to God, God, if you would just do this for me, okay. I'll leave, I'll, I'll, I'll stop drinking, I'll stop smoking, I'll go to church. You start to bargain with God because you know you're about to lose something. Huh. So... When a, when someone is losing their job, they start to bargain with maybe their employer. You know, yeah, yeah. Um, when they're losing their husband, the husband is about, about to walk out the door. They bark at, I'll never do this again. I'll do this. I'll do this. I'll be a better wife. Yeah. You bargain to to keep the loss from actually sinking. Wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. I, I remember hearing a story of, um, which I'm sure is not an uncommon story, of a mother that was told that her child those they were going through something it was just fatal um mother was ready to like sell the house she was like mm-hmm. can i can, if i can't afford it is, yeah. is it a matter of I'll, I'll sell the house i'll do this i'll do this and like nothing we can do like this is what's gonna happen kind of thing right okay remember the movie with denzel washington he had a son who had a heart condition yeah 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 oh and he gosh. held the whole place hostage oh, oh spoiler he held, alert he he held the whole place hostage <laughs> And he did, he did all Just to get his son's son's name on the list. Just to get his son's... A donor's list. Yes. But I think what, what got me was when they realized that there was no way that they could afford to pay for their son's surgery. They're willing to give everything. They're willing to... And he did lose it. He got angry. Yes. Uh, the wife mm-hmm. exploded. She says, you, and then told him, you need to do something. Right, right. And uh, he was willing to work more hours. The insurance wasn't paid. Yeah. But but his goal at that moment was, I need to bargain my way. Tell me what I have to do to get this. To get back. my son on the list. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that is That kind of thing. Yeah. Yes. That's, and so sometimes this that stage three can be very dangerous, depending. Because uh, a person cannot put themselves in an even worse state than the news that they were just received probably right right you know it's one thing to get angry another thing to even be in the denial but if you get into bargaining and you really go forward with something like that now you can put yourself in a probably worse situation than what you're really dealing with i think bargaining shows that we we want some form of control of the result we're hoping that something or anything in that some we way can we do. might still have some kind of control yes yeah. because the moment that we realize we have no control that's when depression hits in okay and that's the number four it's where you find yourself hopeless and helpless mm-hmm. your mind is is going over the thought of losing this thing being without this thing almost like chewing gum you you just mull over it and chew it and chew it over and over again and um you wake up you realize that it's not there you you go to sleep it's not there and the sense of feeling totally helpless and having no hope because let's say it's a job Will I ever find a job that will pay this much again? Will help me? Will who will take me? You know, who's gonna take someone so old as me? Okay. And then 
when you're when you lose a relationship will I ever love again am I gonna ever get out of this feeling again um, now does the, the depression kick in because the bargaining wasn't successful yes what if the bargaining actually maybe succeeded in some way then if the bargaining succeeds then you don't lose remember there's no loss there so you you don't go to the next step okay Okay. So there was a gentleman who had uh, his son. He admitted, he, he said his son was, was not in a good place. I believe he was ill. And he told God, God, if you, if you will heal my son, if you heal my son, I will go, go to church. So God healed his son and he started going to church. He didn't go through the, the rest of the grief and loss. Uh, yeah. So you don't go through the rest of it. Uh, the five you. stages. Right. So this fourth so stage is, is a result of the bargaining not succeeding. Well, you you the denial didn't work. Your outburst of anger didn't, didn't, solve, anything. didn't solve anything. And and once you came to your senses, you you couldn't bargain your way out. You realize I'm out of your hands. I'm, 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 it's out of my hands. I can't do anything. And now, now the misery settles. And, yes. And then I start thinking everything else can probably happen. Yes. What, what good am I or, or what else can I do that's hopeless and, yes. and that's when we fall into now a lull within our own selves this is the hardest stage and this is probably the stage that many many people can't get out of when someone once you go down example, this road it's, uh, it's, it's a very hard yeah it's very hard to get out of it's the it's the part that people get stuck here that's why we're going to be doing uh, a, a set of articles, articles yeah. on depression right. that's the next one coming up in October right. is depression it's so it's so hard to get out of because like I said it's chewing gum you gotta you're you're chewing over the same thought over and over again nothing seems like nothing seems worth getting out of bed for and you're just reminded that your life is void because of this person thing or relationship whatever it was the start of the whole cycle and it can be debilitating it can be a snowball that's why you see you know maybe people who are hoarders at some point so that is one thing that people start doing they don't want to let go of the person that they lost or something that they lost no, the so they start to hold on to their clothes they start to hold on to this they start to hold whatever on. can remind them of the person or whatever and they never want to lose again yeah. so instead of losing the their version of control again is now to hoard everything so they don't in, lose in an unhealthy way now they're doing something to uh, feel control right and then, yes. um, is it possible that the original thing that started this road no longer isn't is, is even what they're depressed about that now you know like because the cycle repeats I can't do it I couldn't do it I couldn't do it but now their mind can go into other places and that it's not even necessarily you know the source is the source but it's not even lo no longer about what started their trip down this road uh, but now they just start thinking negative about everything else if, if I failed at this then I'm probably no good anymore over here or you know, like let's say uh, it was a loss of a loved one, say a spouse or something like that. Um, if I'm no longer, 
you know, needed to take care of this person, then I'm no longer needed for anything else. And so they forget about maybe their kids or their friends or their coworkers. Can, can, can other stuff kind of now add on to that? One of the things that I've seen the most is when you lose a loved one, for example. If you had unfinished business, maybe they... I've heard that, yeah. Yes, maybe they Words that weren't said or yes, things words that were, that, or, yeah. or the last words that were said was yeah, 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 a, yeah. a fight, an argument. Yeah. You didn't tell them how much they cared, you know, or yeah. how much you cared about them. I carried that with myself mm-hmm. for a little while. When last time I somewhat saw my dad my back was to him while he was leaving to go to work i was doing something i was playing with something or doing a puzzle something i was doing on the table i remember i was just sitting there at the table and he said bye baby i love you and he told me you know he told me he loves you i said okay i'll see you later bye and that was the last thing i said to him but i wasn't really but it was like a okay yeah i love you you know kind of thing and i carried that with me that the last thing i said to him was i love you but it was careless it was it was right. frivolous it was you know i didn't even turn around to say bye to him i just i, I stayed you know um and yet he took the time out to, before he walked out the door to tell me he loved me before he left and i carried that with me for a long long time mm-hmm. you know it still bothers me when i think about it mm-hmm. you know um and i know that took me into a whole thing like i knew i couldn't change what happened mm-hmm. but it brought me down a road of I should have, I should have, I should have, I should have, you know, or what if I did this more, you know, did he know, you know, and I, and I know he knew, but it was, it was a hard thing to juggle with. Well, even I, you know, you and I had shared about me losing the baby Yeah. and what, what started off with a miscarriage and a loss of a, a child became me thinking that God was a puppet master. Mm. Because he allows. What kind of game music. is he playing? Yeah, I, you start to question what kind of game are you playing, God? Yeah. So, your thoughts, your thoughts start to spiral when they're not, when you don't speak to someone, when you're not sharing with anyone, when someone isn't helping you with, uh, take these these unhealthy thoughts and put put healthy ones in there. Yeah, and help you see things right. rationally because a lot yeah a lot of people when they're going through depression like this they're doing it by themselves they're in a room by themselves they're not saying anything stuck in their own thoughts so they're stuck on their own thoughts remember no one else is chewing on your gum but you so you have to you're the one that knows what's going on right now and when you do get to that place where you do share it it could be months it could be it could be six, seven, maybe eight, nine months where you're you're finally saying, I struggle with my dad because my dad abused me. And, you know, he died, but I'm left with, why did you abuse me? Why did you hate me? Or, you know, when the job is over, you're remembering, I'm old. You still carry that all with you. you insecurities start yeah, to come yeah, up. Yeah. There's a lot of insecurities that start to, to rise up in every situation and if you stay in this mode with no one there to help you it will just continue to reflect your weaknesses your failures what you didn't do what you don't have anymore um uh, like when i spoke about my dad passing away i was burying i was burying a dream of having a healthy relationship with my father okay so there are things that there are things that will come up 
not just the fact that they're gone, but what are you losing in the future? And it becomes a little, you can say distorted because you start to fear or... It becomes how you see life. Yes. The the way you see things. You, You start to see life through your depressed eyes. Yeah. Well, okay. So before we move on to the fifth one, just one more question when it comes to this. Can a person... Who's in this stage, this uh, stage four, and they go through depression. Um, you know how they have that term, you know, a functioning alcoholic or whatever, a functioning drug addict, you know. Mm-hmm. Can a person be a functioning depressed person? Absolutely. You know, uh, so they're suffering through this depression, but they're going to work every day. Yes. They're they're um, participating in church. Maybe they're yep. serving in ministry. They're doing, they're with their families. They're, they're going out to eat, yes. but yet never really deal with that issue and so I guess covering it up or sometimes they even know that they're covering it up you know depression there's two different kinds of depression there's the one that is that can be chronic uh, lasts a very long time there are mild ones where it's only for you know maybe a month or two months but then there's another version of depression where it's maybe it's three possibly four days out of the week that they're battling with it. Depression so when is when they not... finally get alone. All of a sudden, they're lost in their own thoughts. No, there's triggers. Okay. So, okay. You know, you can smell the person's perfume, and it brings you back. Gotcha. It, um, someone can, you know, say something that's just like, and it will bring you back. Yeah. But depression is just not. It's not just the thoughts of being blue. It's where you are tired, fatigue. It's almost like living life underwater. Have you ever gone to the pool and you have that weight of the water and you mm-hmm. and you feel, depending on how deep you are, the pressure yeah. is on your brain? Yeah. That's kind of what it, I could explain. It all gets muffled. Everything is muffled. You, nothing seems to see right. You, yeah. you know, uh, you hear people around you but you're so stuck in your thoughts, you can't engage with them. Yeah. Okay. So they, they, you may see someone shutting off. They may gaze off. They may seem like they're a part of the conversation, but they're really not a part of the conversation. So that should be a little trigger of saying, hey, something's not normal here. Right. They're not doing the normal Could be other things. stuff that's going on. Yes. Uh, lack of sleep or whatever. But if we're talking about they just came, went through a loss not too long ago and all that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. this might be a sign. They're not, they don't want to, do the normal things they want to do uh they just don't seem to want to engage with you very often right. and even if maybe they laugh or smile that's mm-hmm. doesn't necessarily mean that everything's okay right comedians but, are the perfect example yes. they make everyone laugh and smile but yeah look at robin williams, robin williams mm-hmm. and several others and when you watch actually interviews of comedians they'll tell you mm-hmm. that they use it as a as a mask almost their comedy sometimes right uh, okay. so you know, for the most part, you're not gonna see a really super happy, depressed person. Yeah. But you'll see a you'll see a person that may seem very off. Like you just can't get them to have that engaging conversation, and their thoughts are always very lull and depressed. And Which brings depressed. the importance of when you know someone's gone through some kind of loss, whether a person or or just something tragic that you know was special to them. You got to keep an eye out. You yes. got you got to at least engage them because you know just to, so you can see the signs. Because if you just let them go and say I'm gonna give them time and you give them too much time, don't give them too much time. Yeah, it's a dangerous thing. All right, so so what's what would be the fifth thing then? All right, we're at depression, yeah. where it seems like the all time low. What gets worse than that? 
Acceptance. Okay. When you finally get to the place where you accept the the loss, sometimes it's. I'm sounds... talking about acceptance in a good way that you receive it and you're like, okay, I'm gonna move on with my life, kind of thing. Some can say, all right, I'm gonna move on, and then there are others that accept it and it's bad. Accept it in a wrong way. Yeah, they can accept it in a wrong way. Okay. Because not alone, not only are they accepting the loss, but they're accepting the hopelessness. That this is it. That this is it. This is the results. Mm-hmm. There's nothing I have more I can do. This is as good as life this is, is going to get. This is as good as right? going to get. So I either now go left or I go right, pretty right. much. They start having to make some choices, make some changes. You'll see, you know, men will start dating an, uh, a like a. Uh, more erratically kind of thing yeah they'll they'll date erratically you'll see someone who is seems like they're in their midlife crisis you may see someone who's doing something very strange because they accept yes so their version of acceptance may mean i need to make a new normal like a coping mechanism mechanism kind of thing it it depending on how healthy your acceptance is okay you know, okay. so you yeah, can accept, you. yeah, you can accept it in a healthy way and say, you know what? I'm going to make these positive changes. Yes. So-and-so is gone. My job is gone, but I'm going to, you know, return back to society. Yeah. Or, Go back to school or yes. study something or... Yes. Yeah, okay. Or you can say, so-and-so really is gone. What am I, what am I going to do with my life? So there's nothing you, left for me. Or... Yes, there's nothing left. So what you want is... Sh- you need to have people that are around you that can help you through these five stages. That's what I'm thinking. That this, it, I think it boils down to having the right people around you again because even if a person thinks that they're going to move on in a good way, what if their response is, I'm going to move? And, and But the, the process in which they're thinking, maybe they do got to change because they can't be in the same house. Let's say they lost someone. They, they can't be in the same house you know, with the, too many memories of the person or whatever, things like that. Um, so maybe that might be the best thing, but they're ready to move to say a whole other state or yes. whatever. And like, wait, wait, you're not really thinking this. You need people in there to at least help you this through is, this process, probably. This is usually the point where, let's say, let's say I lost someone today. Yeah. Five years from now, you see that my behavior is totally erratic. I'm doing things. It's getting crazy. And I have to eventually see a counselor. The counselor we'll bring will bring back. me right back we'll here back because I did point. not accept it the right way. Okay. So one of the things that I heard, which is amazing, is that humans need two things. Food and relationship. They need food and they need relationship. Everything boils down to having a relationship with God, but also having healthy relationships with people. You can't do That's life. That's the whole theory of babies born. You can feed it, but if it doesn't feel nurtured, it can actually or die. Or hugged or touched. That it can actually still it'll, die. It'll die. So <laughs> that is what I want to speak to You know, those that are listening. Out of everything... We just want you to have a really good community, a really good support system. And if you don't, I really want to encourage you to find a church that can help you through your moments right now. We're not into church hopping because Sam is a pastor and he knows how frustrating it is when you have people that are just saying, I'm going to keep going to the church, a different church until I get what I want. But it's so important for you to go to a church 
that is going to help you with your needs. They're going to be patient with you. That you are going to sit there and and get rooted and make sure that you'll gain um, genuine stuff, genuine friendships, genuine fellowship fellowship, that can break, you know, break you out through this. One of the things that it says is, bear ye one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. We as Christians are supposed to bear each other's burdens. And that's what, you know, our ministry would like to do to some degree. You know, let us talk with you. Let us, you know, help you out if you can't find anyone. Sam's going to give you all the information that you need so that you can contact us in any way, shape, or form. Whether it's a phone call, we're not going to replace professional counseling we won't we will definitely direct you there in your area but we want to make sure that you know that we love you and that you do have someone praying for you and we'll help direct you in the in the right direction and it's also important to make sure that you don't wait for things to happen this is something that you should already be seeking now Um, strong friendships strong um, uh, fellowships with 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 uh, people in the body of christ um camaraderie of friends that are genuine not not people that are there because what you do for them or what what you don't what you don't do for them and things like that you want genuine people that aren't out to get anything out of it except for the fact of being friends and then hopefully you do the same thing for someone else also um it's needed it's biblical it makes sense it's in our dna to have fellowship with other people um and to find strength in and yes the truth is that sometimes people do let us down and people have hurt us so you know we back away but even if it's just two or three people doesn't have to be a whole group of people but two or three people that you can find that connection with it's so 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 important i mean we just went through these five stages and in each of these stages we need help we need guidance we need people that can kind of like walk us through and, and see us through on these things um last week i spoke about the need for having mentors or the need for having people who are there um to just speak into your lives and yeah it's it's something that that needs to happen and it that god designed for the church and for his people and just humans in general so um thanks for listening uh we hope you guys got something out of this i know i did and uh we hope that you guys could continue listening to our podcast we're gonna be moving into the next month on some new things and new ideas that we have in our coming month we're gonna be introducing something new yes. in our uh through the winter's website a new category which we'll talk a little bit about next week at the next week's podcast and we'll share that with you guys guys we thank you so much for our first month of podcast we thank you so much for being there and listening and being a part of this we thank you for those um of you who sponsored and if you want to be a sponsor also just click on that little space next to the podcast that says sponsor this program and we greatly appreciate it so we can keep on bringing broadcasts like this it's fun for us we're hoping you're enjoying it god bless